It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, good afternoon, and uh, welcome to Talent Talk. It's 1 o'clock, it's Tuesday, and uh, we're live here in the studio, excited for our show here today. Um, You know, this show really exists because we have this incredible fascination to talk to really talented people about what they do and also what uh, they're doing with their talent. Um, And so many of these stories have really been designed uh, to make sure that you can listen to them, you can learn from them, and hopefully uh, gain something you can use in your own career in a positive way down down the road. And and we've even taken uh, some of our best stories and stories from my own company and things that we've done and put them into my book, which came out this year, which I'm proud to say is a bestseller, The Power of Company Culture. The uh, audio version will be out uh, here shortly, uh, within the next month or so, as I uh, just spent some time recording that over in the U.K., So um, we'd love to have you check that out on Amazon or wherever you grab books. Now, Talent Talk is live here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as I already mentioned. But you can access us via the podcast on iTunes or listen to iHeartRadio. That's how most of you digest our content. Um, For the last several years, we have been averaging over 10,000 people a day downloading one of our podcasts, listening to our show, interacting with us. And we just want to thank everyone, as always, for being a part of the conversation, being part of our, uh, our network and our group. Um, being part of the Talent Talk family. So um, one of the other ways that we love to interact is on Twitter. And uh, if you're on that platform, we can certainly uh, monitor the at PeopleG2 account. And Mike, my producer, is live tweeting some of the best little takes from the show live uh, here today. And if there's anything in there you want to comment on or if you want to send us your own comment, you can... You know, add it to there or just send it to at PeopleG2 and use that hashtag Talent Talk. Even if it's after the show's already been recorded, we very often keep that conversation going there. So whenever it is you listen, if you have a comment, you have a question, please uh, go ahead and ping us there because we like to track myself, the company, and also uh, the guests will be tagged there as well there on Twitter um, so you can keep that uh, going. Speaking of my guests, uh, we have two great ones on the show today. The first one will be uh, Andrew uh, Hart, the CEO of CMW Media. And then we'll bring in live in the studio Sue Parks, the president and CEO of the Orange County United Way. Great organization. Excited to have her on after the commercial break. But let's go ahead and get started with my first guest. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and uh, good afternoon to all of your uh Listeners, this should be a, a fun one. Yeah, fantastic. I was looking forward to it. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, you know, what's important for us to know about you and your company, uh, CMW Media. Sure. Well, basically what's important to know about about me and about my company is that uh, basically I had the unusual career path of I was a journalist in New York City for a long time, uh, unusual career path of... Uh, being a journalism major at New York University, who you know launched a uh, socialist uh, website um, in the late '90s, and then actually got offered a job at what's considered to be the conservative uh, Fox News Channel, um, <laughs> and took it and actually worked there for for uh, for a decade, uh, believe it or not. Um, but that was a good job, and uh, certainly back then, you know, my time was around 2000 to 2009. Uh, they treated their employees really well and actually really had a culture of like a family. But uh, I moved out to San Diego, California with my wife. And, you know, San Diego is the sixth largest city, uh, you know, in terms of population in the country. But it's like the 26th media market. So with my career background, I had to get very, very creative. And what I actually did is I entered into the uh, cannabis industry 
And in October of 2014, I founded CMW Media. Uh, You can find our website, cmwmedia.com, and uh, founded it as the first ever uh, PR firm, so public relations firm for the legal cannabis industry. Well, we've uh, had a lot of varied guests on here, and this is certainly a first, so um, I'm excited to, to learn more. Maybe we could talk about, uh, for the beginning here, you, you as the CEO, who, what have you found to be maybe the, the greatest challenge overall in leadership? I mean, certainly maybe even being a leader inside of a new market, a new type of vertical, um, one that has its own peculiarities and challenges itself you know what are some of the challenges and things you've had to kind of you know deal with as you've begun this company and moved it forward sure sure well um it's it's definitely been numerous it's been a, it's been a, a interesting ride founding the first ever pr firm for the legal cannabis industry and i i would honestly say our number one problem is actually uh what faces all companies in all industries is uh you know talent management uh, continues to be, you know, an ongoing challenge, you know, really, you know, finding the best talent, uh, finding the right people, uh, hiring, and then, you know, keeping them engaged and and retaining them. And, you know, for PR people, the cannabis industry is, you know, written about, you know, in the news and the national news constantly in the New York Times and Forbes, talked about on CNN. So really, you need to find PR people who can hit and, you know, who can book and get you national news and, and, you know, guest spots on, you know, CNN, Fox Business. And, you know, uh, the, the industry has grown a lot, and that's not easy to do. So to, you know, to find those people and then also, you know, cultivate those rock stars is is an ongoing i mean it's a it's a big challenge uh, it really is um working inside you know a new industry as to your other question uh, you know i i would still say that the the stigma facing the industry is is an ongoing problem i mean i can barely even believe it but i talked to one of my old bosses from from fox he was the executive editor the editor there when he hired me and it was basically like a gateway drug conversation and you know you know my own father joked about you know, oh, hey, man, like, you know, your, you know, your new job sounds lots of fun. And, you know, cannabis has a very, very serious stigma, and people see it as uh, just a means to getting high and getting wasted and, you know, chowing down on pizza and basically images from Cheech and Chong films. And right. the truth about it is just totally, totally different, and so much so that, you know, working inside of it for five years, you, you, you do start to find those things. I mean, they, sometimes they are still they are still funny, but... Sometimes they literally are somewhat disturbing and offensive because, I mean, what you really have here is uh, actually an industry and a plant that has been really falsely portrayed by the news media uh, for about 80 years, uh, as was started by William Randolph Hearst, um, which I learned in journalism school was the first ever yellow journalism campaign. And, and really, he owned both sides of the newspaper business, and hemp paper was a threat to his industrial empire. So he literally embarked on a campaign uh, to convince everybody that cannabis was, you know, the devil's weed and was evil. And actually, the opposite is true. Uh, you know, my firm works with a number of uh, parents with children with epilepsy who are now seizure-free because they're taking cannabis oil instead of uh, pharmaceuticals, which have dangerous side effects for them. And, uh, you know, having seen that, uh, you know, now some of the kids are able to go to school for the first time ever. Uh, once you see that in person yourself and you see that, you know, child and that impact on the child's life, you know, it starts to become kind of a mission for you. And the stigma about, you know, rolling blunts and getting high, um, you know, starts to, you know, really, you can see the stigma doing, you know, a lot of harm to really, you know, public wellness and, and, and people's own bodies. Sure. And there's so many different things that you're having to deal with. You have public perception. You have your own uh, things that you have to do to help your clients, uh, you know, and be be successful, right? And, and deliver uh, things to them. And then, of course, growing your own company, talent management. So there's a lot of different things. So, as you sort of weave through all of that, how would you describe your your own personal, you know, leadership style? You know, as you've been kind of going through all of this. Uh, sure. Well, good question. I, I, I actually would probably describe my leadership style as I, 
I try my best, actually, to be hands-off, and I try to let my team, as much as I possibly can, feel, you know, ownership, uh, both of, you know, our company. It's a a mission that I believe in, that, you know, we're kind of like the rebellion against the evil empire, (laughs) and, uh, you know, we're set out to, like, change things, change the world. Uh, you know, change a horrible stigma that is just enlarged in people's brains that isn't true. Um, and, you know, for all of our different client accounts, and keep in mind, we have everything from, you know, biotech companies that are doing pharmaceutical research on the various cannabinoids in the plant uh, to, you know, cultivators, cultivators here in California, where we're based, we're, uh, CMW Media is based in San Diego, California. You know, all of our all of our different account managers and, you know, digital marketing specialists and social media people and graphic designers, uh, it, it, I, I do my best to make them feel like, you know, the, the accounts they're working on that they own and they own it. And, you know, I have confidence in them, um, you know, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> uh, but the cannabis industry is kind of funny of it really, really, I mean, it's moving at like lightning speed, like a million miles an hour. You know, we just had Jeff Sessions fired by the president. Uh, we just had three more states uh, go legal, including Michigan in the last election. Michigan is now legal for recreational marijuana, and I grew up in Chicago, so that kind of like, you know, blows my mind if that would happen <laughs> right and like day to day it's like a fire drill and uh it, it's definitely for very very proactively minded people who are just willing to go out and just wrestle everything down by the horns um you know it's not an industry where the majority of the companies even some of the larger ones you know have a full you know 2019 marketing plan and budget and you know, product launch plans that, that, you know, go over the next financial quarter or two where you know everything that's coming, you know what conferences the clients are going to, you know, it's it's really like a, a rodeo, you know, and some people joke that it's like the Wild West, and that's changing a little bit, and mainstream, you know, advertising and marketing executives are getting into the industry, uh, you know, really now, um, but... The industry is is a is a rodeo, and it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, you really need to be ready to roll your sleeves up, and you you know you have to be committed to uh, you know kind of fighting to change the world. Yeah. So, I mean, how are you guys then approaching this? How is CMW? You know, kind of looking towards maybe we should we should kind of angle this towards 2019, right? Being able to represent the best face of your company and for your clients, and impacting uh, you know everything from revenues to exposure to you know even your own talent acquisitions. What are you sort of looking for as your next uh, you know sort of things, deliverables, or things that you need to focus on for the coming year? Sure. Well, we we are focused on an awful lot. Uh, uh, you know, we have a number of of clients right now that have very lofty ambitions, uh, you know, a number of them are exploring, you know, uh, you know, going public, um, you know, and, uh, you know, tons of these cannabis companies are, you know, going public on the CSE right now. And that, you know, that involves an awful lot. And, you know, that involves really communicating a level of professionalism um, that, you know, these cannabis companies are, are professional and, and you know are are, are a good investment, um, and the it's been interesting to see you know the pack has gotten kind of crowded and there's a lot of people jumping in and so you really you really do have you know credible uh, players and then um, you know you have some not so credible ones and it's 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 hard to tell the difference so. Uh, you know, a lot of it is very, very seriously working with uh, our CEOs of, of various companies on, you know, what's your message? Um, what are your, you know, what are your core messages? A lot of these companies don't know, um, you know, what are the key, key initiatives that you're doing and what are we going to communicate about them and when um, so that, you know, your cannabis company, you know, has the right re- reception, the right perception in the market. You know, a, a lot goes into that especially when you're doing things very, very last minute, which, as I was mentioning before, is very common in the cannabis industry. So it, it can be a, a stressful ride. Yeah, and, you know, I'm kind of wondering if you're looking at PR in general or maybe the specific work that you've done, 
Can you think of some examples or things that uh, maybe have been successful in in the sense where you know you got your your clients some good exposure, but uh, whether intentional or unintentionally, it also drove them um, you know to help them reach their talent goals. Um, often I kind of see that, you know, uh, that's a missing piece. People are looking for great talent and yet they're not telling their stories or not getting their, their brand out there. They're not marketing, uh, properly so that when, you know, people are thinking about working for them and they might type in, you might look them up. There's, you know, articles and news things and things like that. So what is sort of your thoughts there? Are there specific things that people should be doing or, or, um, you know, how do you see those two kind of working together? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, you know, that really is kind of the, the the crucial ingredient of what we do. And, you know, what you learn is, you know, lots of CEOs don't even know what PR is. And you really need to start from, from the beginning of, you know, okay, what is this? You know, it's not exactly marketing per se. And, you know, what the heck are you guys doing? And I can say, you know, I really got into this because there was a very important story told by the national U.S. news media, and it was, uh, you know, in in about 2013, 2014, when, you know, people really didn't know about this. The industry, you know, hadn't progressed to where it was, and there weren't as many legal states online as there are now. Um, as you know, you know, New Jersey's, it seems like, about to... Uh, jump in and, uh, you know, be another new legal state possibly by next week. Uh, but back in 2013, 2014, when I founded CMW Media, you know, there was a very, very large amount of skepticism that this industry was for real. People thought the whole medical marijuana debate was a cloak for recreational use and getting high, you know, and recreational legalization, which isn't true at all. And um, there was a seminal news hit. It was Dr. Sanjay Gupta's CNN Weed uh, Weed Special, uh, CNN Weed and Weed Two, and he chose, and it was a big turning point for the industry because you know it was a national news outlet with kind of the credibility and the brand of CNN that chose to do so chose to tell the story of CBD and also told, uh, for any of your viewers who don't know or don't remember, the story of a little girl in Colorado, uh, Charlotte Figgy, who desperately needed CBD for her seizures and no other pharmaceuticals worked. And the reality of that fact is actually what has driven the legalization debate across the United States is that these kids need access to to this CBD um, you know, for their you know, daily lives. And uh, that news hit told a story. Um, it wasn't, I, I could go into it, but it was not completely accurate in, in how it portrayed, you know, who invented CBD, what CBD was. And I've always been surprised as a journalist at some of the inaccuracies in the reporting and that they were never corrected. But basically, the, um, the core clients who I f- founded our firm around saw that happen and basically it was a competitor who got that national news hit and saw you know what that did for them what that did for their business and to you know get their story told and it's really pretty fascinating that you know the news media can kind of be lemmings sometimes and you know if you don't get your story told that you're the first you know you're the first to accomplish this you're the first to uh, you know successfully extract CBD from the hemp or marijuana plant and make CBD products if you don't get your story told and somebody else does, you know, history really writes itself. And, 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 you know, just if you get the national news media to report it the first time, the media, you know, very well might suddenly treat it like that's true, uh, which, which was the case uh, with that CNN special. And so, you know, certainly the core clients who I founded the company around learned uh, the importance of, you know, if you get your company's story told, especially, you know, the first things you are to accomplish or your IP um, or the really core, you know, first you accomplish with your product, uh, it can it can really mean, I mean, just, you know, millions and millions of dollars for your business on the level that, you know, sales and marketing can never catch up with. And so do you think it's important to be first in, in that category? Because, I mean, very often in the in entrepreneurial world, 
you know, being first sometimes isn't the best. Uh, it's too early to market. People don't quite right. get it. You don't quite have it right. You know, and so some, a lot of best successes are actually the ones that came in second and really took the original idea and made it better. So uh, what are your thoughts there from a, from a PR standpoint, I guess? Yes, that's very true. No, no, that's a very, very good point. Um, and, and, and yes, uh, certainly it, it, it does, it does not matter being first. Uh, I mean, just look at, look at Facebook and, you know, there was a predecessor we all remember called, uh, Friendster, um, and, uh, MySpace. And, you know, where are they now? I mean, I, I worked at Fox when they bought MySpace and we all groaned and we're like, oh my God, what are they doing? <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why it died. There we go. Okay, that explains everything. And now I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it, it doesn't matter to be first. Uh, that that is a that is a great point. Uh, you know, it, it is a very very competitive business world, and being first, you know, does not mean that you're going to, uh, you know, you know, be the established brand, be the you know Facebook, um, you know the. Uh, Budweiser of cannabis, and 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 Lord knows that there is a massive battle behind the scenes around the billions of dollars for whoever does uh, pull off, you know, that successful cannabis branding of you know being the first, you know, like a Budweiser or Corona uh, cannabis product in you know in gas stations and in, in, in airports. Um, and yeah, I would say it does not matter to be first. What does matter is to have a really, really good story and um, to get the story of the company tight and everybody on board that, you know, that's what your company's story is. And, you know, as you start to launch and reach out and reach out to the news media to, you know, start to interview your, your CEO and start to tell it. And then I would say it is very, very important to have your company's uh, marketing strategies and uh, marketing initiatives aligned with that story um, and that message that you're telling and as you're telling it so that, you know, when that national news media hit comes and that bell rings, it, it is so rare, that window, having done it, and so valuable that you have to hit it right and your marketing people need to be ready to seize that window. And I can't even tell you working in cannabis, you know, we have gotten that, you know, Fox Business interview, you know, that Bloomberg uh, article with, you know, your company's name in the headline, you know, just that super, super valuable. You can't even buy, you know, there aren't enough advertising dollars to get. I mean, that's what the CMW media team is really, really able to do. And we have seen companies capitalize on it and we have seen them just fall flat on their face and just watch it and you know they know it's happening and they know it's a big deal and ooh you know we're on you know CBS is the doctors or or CNN or Fox business but they don't capture that moment right and uh, that's absolutely true it's it, more important than being first is uh, you know being competitive knowing that you know you're in a war zone to capture the most successful brand on the market and when that national news media spotlight comes, and, you know, Lordy knows it's difficult to predict when that's going to be, you need to have your marketing people and your marketing team on board. They know the story. They know the message. And, you know, they know the ground strategy that they're going to execute to, uh, you know, capitalize on that moment. Well, Andrew, this has all been uh, really fascinating, and I'm hoping we can have you come back at some point. We can go even deeper on everything that you're doing. Um, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more, possibly even hiring your firm, uh, CMW Media? Uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure, we would we would love that. We're we're also hiring right now. So if somebody wants to jump into uh, public relations for the cannabis industry, feel free to reach out. Uh, we also, of course, are always looking to meet new people and new clients. Uh, so. Uh, please look us up. We care a lot about what we do, and I personally guarantee that this is a very, very committed team, and we will not let you down. Um, you can look us up at www.cmwmedia.com. That's C as in cat, M as in Mary, W as in wall, cmwmedia.com. 
Um, or just email us. You can email myself. I'm uh, just andrew.hard, H-A-R-D, at cmwmedia.com. Or email our company president. He handles most of our uh, you know, talent acquisition. He is just Kyle, K-Y-L-E at cmwmedia.com and you know please shoot us an email whether it's a question about the industry or you'd like to come in and meet the team or potentially be a new client or a new employee uh this is a very rapidly growing industry and we're very very intent about growing with it and uh you know certainly appreciate you guys at talent talk radio having us on and you know giving us the opportunity to kind of yeah, absolutely you know, talk it's, about uh, our little corner of the world and what we're yeah doing. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And uh, so that about wraps it up. And uh, hopefully they can reach out to you if they're interested in learning more. And again, we'll hopefully have you back at some point and we can go down deeper. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break here. And then I'm going to bring in my next guest who's live in studio, uh, Sue Parks. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit axpgold.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at axpgold.com. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly to our online system, or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news, or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by PeopleG2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. PeopleG2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show, the first half of our uh, show. We had in uh, Andrew Hart. Uh, you can listen to his interview and the this entire show. We'll have it on iTunes and iHeartRadio here pretty quick in the next week or two. But I'm really excited to have uh, my next guest live in studio. Uh, we're going to bring in Sue Parks. She's the president and CEO of the Orange County United Way, a great organization. Um, as a reminder, don't forget to tweet us your questions at, at PeopleG2. Use that hashtag Talent Talk or follow the live tweeting we're doing there and insert your comments or questions as well. Um, and you can also go to talenttalkradio.com anytime to, to listen to past shows. So, Sue, welcome to the show. Chris, happy to be here. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? You know, what's important for us to know about you um, as it relates to our conversation today? And of course, you know, tell us all, for anyone who maybe doesn't know what the United Way does, uh, maybe someone's been hiding under a rock, let's at least uh, fill, make sure everyone, because we do have people from around the world listening, so let's make sure everyone understands what the United Way does as well. 
Okay, great. Well, and not everybody understands what the United Way does because we have one of those brand names that's it's a big brand. Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard of it in many cases, but it's kind of vague, maybe what right. we do. And probably part of that is that every United Way is a separate 501c3 fo- focused on their mm. local community. So I'm here today to talk about Orange County United Way, Orange right. County, California United Way, and the work we're doing here. But the wonderful thing about the United Way Networks is they're doing great local impact work in every community here in the country and around the globe. So um, I'm the CEO here in Orange County, and we are focused on education, income, health, and housing. We are all about human need here in Orange County and how we can help achieve the best goals for the next generation to live happy, healthy, self-sufficient lives. It's all good work. Yeah, and so maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, what are you seeing in Orange County right now? I mean, there's been a lot of changes the last few years. Um, We've had, you know, for those that don't live in the area, we've had lots of um, different uh, challenges and conversations and things happening in the news around our homeless population, um, around uh, people who maybe didn't, weren't a part of the recovery, right? The the recession hit and they really were hit hard, but they weren't really there and a part of that recovery that a lot of other people were. So there's a lot of people out there in our community that need a lot of help. So what are you sort of seeing and what are some of the things you guys are doing to be a part of that uh, solution? Well, I'm glad you brought the homelessness issue, Chris. I think that's on a lot of people's mind. And it doesn't matter what political part of the mm-hmm. uh, divide you're on. This is something we can all come together. Is how do we help people do the right thing in a humane and dignified way? And how the United Way got involved is we start a strategic planning process of what we want the next generation to experience when they come of age here in Orange County. And we started investing back in 2014 in rapid rehousing, which means when a family kind of um, falls in hard times, right? We don't want that child to leave school, so we start investing in rapid rehousing. How do we help a family maybe make up the rent so they can stay um, where they're at while they get trained to get a job that'll help them earn a wage that they can live and thrive in Orange County? But as we were doing that and focused on the 27,000, Chris, 27,000 children living in housing insecure or homeless situations here in Orange County. It's just unbelievable. We took a step back and said, this problem is getting worse and worse. So no matter what anybody's throwing at it, this is um, something that's getting worse. So we took a step back and like a business, we said, let's get the data. Let's understand what's going on. We commissioned UCI, our wonderful research institute right here in Orange County, to do the definitive cost study on what is happening in Orange County. And mm. so we have the facts, the the facts in terms of it's costing Orange County $300 million to just manage a situation. And if we house wow. the most vulnerable, the the people that are never going to be able to take care of themselves for whatever reason, a disability, a, a mental challenge, whatever it might be, we'd save $42 million. So anyway, we'd save money if we did the right thing. And then also um, the human stories. What we found is that the people, the majority of people on the street have lived here over 10 years. They're not being just uh, bust in or whatever. So right. anyway, there are folks. We want to do what we can to help in the United Way. Um, brought together business, philanthropy, um, academia, everybody in a room and say, can we end this? Can we do something together, do something Mm -hmm. magical here? And we started United 10 Homelessness on February 28th of this year, made a lot of progress since then. And I notice there's a lot of different stories when we talk about this this challenge that we have in our community. Um, there are those people that are living right on the edge, and it sounds like you're addressing some of that, right, where you can help them maybe with a stopgap to keep them from going from being in a being in a house, being in a home, or, or some some sort of stable environment to suddenly being on the street, right? A very small investment, a small help. Can, can can do that. There are those, we have also, we have people that maybe don't want the help, that do want to be on the street. We have, there's a certain population of people where for whatever reason, whether they don't want it or they're not capable of taking it. Um, and then we, there's so many different buckets, I notice, in this community, right? And yet, I notice the people come with an opinion about the community of homeless people together. But it's really... There's like 50 stories probably, right? Independent stories of each other that we could have 50 independent opinions about. We could be talking about each of those different communities in different ways and helping them in different ways um, as opposed to one thought or one opinion on it, which I don't know if you agree with that or not or how, how you view that. 
Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's a great point. It's um, if you again thought of by a, a business, you look at it segments, right? Look, mm-hmm. think of your audience, right? Not every one of your audience is looking at the same lens when they're coming to your company and looking at, right. you know, what services they need at that point in time for their community, right, or their company. So there are different segments, and I'll say the one thing here in Orange County that we need is we need supportive housing. And when I say supportive housing, that's housing that comes with. Um, when somebody gets uh, a housing voucher, say that they've been gone through the system and they've been given a voucher, it comes with care. So it comes with the supportive care that they need to get back and stable in their life, whatever that might mean Mm -hmm. to them. And the issue is we don't have enough of those kind of housing built here or enough facilities for that. And that's really what this community needs to catch up on. And we are 3.2 million people in Orange County approximately, or probably more. And we're talking about a couple thousand people that really need our help. And that's why I know that we can do this when we start thinking about it in segments and that people need different types of services that we can provide. Right, right. Well, one big thing that I you know, hear a lot about is companies uh, trying to do a lot of corporate responsibility campaigns and being interested in different ways that companies, especially whether it's locally or, or not, can help the community. So are there things that you know, companies here in Orange County can be doing um, maybe that they aren't already doing or maybe they need to be doing more of that they could specifically be helping United Way or other organizations that are looking to help the homeless community. Yeah, we'd love to know. We have united10homelessness.org and so if an organization is out there and listening and wants to get involved, there are really specific things. So for example, at the end of January, the county is going to do a point-in-time count and the point-in-time count is the is the HUD way that that in every community the homeless get counted and it's allowing us to understand really all those different segments, who's out there, how many, and what their needs are. And that's at the end of January, and there'll be opportunities to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, there are simple things to get involved in that way, too. Maybe somebody wants to help somebody, and some people that go out and do the count, some people might want to volunteer to do that. Companies sometimes like to have their employees do volunteer things together as part of social mm-hmm. responsibility. They can come to our site and learn more. There's obviously opportunities for somebody to maybe say, hey, we want to help the count. The people that are doing the count like to have, like for example, a $5 bus pass. Like somebody needs help to get to an appointment, a doctor's appointment. Here's a, here's a bus pass. There are little things like that that a company can get involved in. So happy to help with that. There might be a, a, a clothing drive or other drives that a company might want to do that are simple things and people want to rally around. And we can certainly help facilitate that and make sure that the um, the goods that they collect are going to a place that will really make a difference for the people. And then we have companies that step up and want to do a lot more. Maybe they want to do employee uh, giving campaigns. Maybe they want to do mm-hmm. corporate grants and do something big that will help us really change the dynamics. And we can help with those as well. So it doesn't matter what level somebody wants to get involved in. We can help design a program that's meaningful for them and their right. people. And just to help them know that they're making so those a can be customized for different organizations, and they could you know, c- come to United Way, and you know whether it's giving you five dollars a, a week, you know, or, or if it's a giant program, right? I mean, whatever it may be, it sounds like you guys can help them kind of help figure that out with their employees and what they want to do. Right. Yes, we love to hear um, companies want to engage their employees, and it's the right thing to do. Obviously, you know, and you know this from Talent Talk and everything you're yeah. doing with your your firm is that. Um, People want to work for companies that are socially responsible, that care, right? They People want purpose. They want a social, mm-hmm. um, they want to feel that they're making an impact. And so we listen to what works for that company. If somebody wants, we can even help them in a consulting with Impact Consulting to say, you know, just let us come in and um, talk to your people, do some surveys, talk to some of the executives, pull together a plan for you of what social responsibility might look for your organization. And if you need to, we will help you implement it as well. We want to help companies live out their social responsibility. And, you know, this I think it's important to maybe repeat, and you started to say this, that there are so many different ways in which we can help. It's not just you know, handing a, a wad of money to someone who's standing on the side of a street, right? There are providing bus passes to people. Uh, and that's a big one. I don't think people realize how terrible our public transportation is here in Orange County. Almost everybody drives. And so if you don't drive, trying to get to a doctor's appointment, to a job interview, to anything else, is it's fairly limited uh, for a lot of people. I mean, there are, there are other services, but, you know, I, I if I go to Europe or something, I mean, the managed public transportation is like, 
I have 19 choices of what I want to do, and it's easy, and it's clean, and it's wonderful. And here I have maybe one choice, maybe a bus you know, route I could take somewhere. Um, technically, from where I live, there is no bus route. I have to walk like five miles to get the nearest bus stop. Um, you know, there, we don't have quite the same system here. So, But there are these things that we can do for people, bus passes. I used to – we, we still kind of promote uh, working wardrobes here. You know, some, there are organizations that provide you know, outfits for people so they can go to a job interview, and people don't realize – People don't own a suit. They don't own a pair of clothes they need to get a job interview. Um, So so many things that we can do to help people that maybe aren't what they typically think of. Right? Right. And and so I love where you're going with this. And I think one of the things that I would love everybody to do is go to unitedtounhomelessness.org on this particular topic and learn how to do those little things. But as we do it collectively and we do Mm -hmm. it together, we can start measuring results. When things are done one off, it's harder. And I think as a community, we want to end it together, right? And so there's information, for example, in that point in time count and how, um, and then the people that are actually doing the counting can have those bus passes. But you're right. Every every step is a step in the right direction. in the right direction. And one thing, um, just I want everybody to know the number 211, and that's the social services uh, mm-hmm. number. So if somebody needs help, that's the number somebody needs to call, and it needs to they need to get in the system of care in the county. Right. And that's a great starting point. It's an easy number to remember, 211. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of I people, know. yeah, they don't even know it exists. And you can call that and help find someone, a place to stay for the night, or whatever service they may need that, that kind of falls under that category. Um, can you, can you say that the website again because i want to make sure people know how to how to spell it. it was united and then it was two is it the number two or it, is it spelled out thank you it is spelled out united to and homelessness and, and, dot org. and is it which two let's let's see it's a t-o t-o okay t-o. I, i'm I, all of us uh add and uh, uh bad spellers out there i know who you are i'm, I'm with you so united to and then the last part and homelessness to to end end okay there we go so united to t o end homelessness dot org dot o r g okay so now we've uh, sufficiently helped you find your way there hopefully you can go there and help um, what are some of the other things um, you know that you're thinking about for 2019 obviously you're you're focused on that that study's gonna uh, the the count's gonna happen we're gonna get a better understanding of where uh, the homeless population is and who needs to be serviced. Um, but are there things specifically you're thinking about more internally for the United Way of Orange County that you need to do to be more successful? Well, I, I do. Um, on the homelessness, I'll just add a couple of quick things. Just the fact that there are, if anybody is a landlord out there, there are ways to get involved in, in all sorts of different ways. So if you have ideas, we'd love to know about them. So I just want to just throw it out there. There mm-hmm. are lots of ways that we can help with this issue here in Orange County. What I really want everybody to do is read that cost study. It's an executive version on our site. So there's a, but get the facts before you start um, assuming that you know all the, the things that are going on because it'll really help educate everyone. And I'd say that goes with everything that we're doing. I mean, we live in a beautiful area. We live in Orange County, California. It doesn't get much better than this, but we have a lot of need. Mm-hmm. At United Way, for example, we're very focused on helping the um, students graduate from high school. We have almost cut the high school dropout rate in half over the last few years, and that's amazing. And the communities come together to do right. that. Um, but there's still 2,000 students that um, drop out every year. So when I'm thinking about that, I'm think- when I'm thinking about other things we're doing, is how do we help ensure that um, students understand the importance of staying in school and we're keeping them engaged in all the right way and helping them um, bridge to where they go next. Maybe not everybody needs the four-year degree, but we want to make sure that they get there right. if they need it, et cetera. So education is great. We have a lot of different programs that are going on. And really, at the end of the day, education, income, health, and housing, they're also interrelated. So, you know, I was... Um, I like to talk about this young woman named Madison because it just drives home that point to me, and this is what I think about almost every day is how do we help more Madison? So Madison um, is the daughter of a single um, mom who who was a, a veteran and disabled and lost her home, couldn't, um, couldn't get the disability checks in time and ended up living on the street, and here we want 
uh, Madison to graduate from school and live a healthy mm-hmm. life. And how's she going to do that? She doesn't have a home, right? She's sleeping on couches and tents and backyards of friends, families, etc. So right. through all of this, through one of our destination graduations, a teacher spotted Madison's potential, got her into some programs, assured her that he could find her and help her get on the path to college. In the meantime, her mom got the disability straightened up so she was able to um, get a place to live. And all of that comes together in saying that Madison can focus on everything else in her life, right? Mm-hmm. But until she had a home over, a, a house or a place to sleep that was her own, she couldn't focus on anything. But now she's in college. She's working on a, a degree in um, health care, and she's going to be able to be a superstar taking care of her mom someday. I'm not sure that people always think about it in this in this terms, but you know, when we when we lack psychological safety, when we lack this this basic do I know where I'm going to sleep tonight? Do I know what I'm going to eat? Um, do I know that I'm not going to be harmed? Right? These sort of basic things. We can look at you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and there's some variations of that and kind of, since he's done that. But I kind of look at those three things. If you don't know those three things for sure, you really can't focus on anything else. And yet we kind of expect people to then be focused on, well, you should be getting a job. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. Like, if you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight, that, that's number one. Right. Or maybe number one is what am I going to eat tonight? And then where am I going to sleep? And then am I going to be safe? Am I, am I going to be sleeping somewhere where I might be harmed or someone might try to hurt me? And so it, it, it sounds like, you know, it, the work your guys are, you, that you are doing and the other groups in our community are doing to try to solve that initial problem. And I hope people understand that if we don't solve those initial three things for people and probably other things, but if we don't solve some of those things for them, they can't ever get to the next level. They can't ever get to where we want them to be and independently thinking about their futures and what they might want to do. Is, is that correct? Or is there more we need to think about there? I, I totally, um, at the end of the day, um, to get the rest of your life in order, you need to have that relieve that stress of mm-hmm. where you're going to. Um, so we have a, a video on our site, and I think his name is Michael, and it's pretty powerful. But the fact is, he's talking about if he gets a shower once a month, that's a big deal. Think about that. A shower once a month is like mm. a big deal. And so, how can Michael get on his way to? Um, getting a good job, right? When he doesn't know if he's going to be able to shower, right? It's just, there's so much we can do. And this is why I love the companies that we partner with. We work with over 350 companies here in Orange County. And in most cases, the CEO, we talked about culture. You're very focused on corporate culture. Um, This permeation of helping helping people live a better life is good for employees. It's why people stay at companies. It's good for morale. It's Mm -hmm. good for all those good reasons. But at the end of the day, it's also good for the future workforce because if we help people like Madison's mom get straightened up, Madison's going to go on, be able to go to college, and she will be part of the next generation workforce, right? So there's many, many different benefits um, about taking social responsibility to a new level, and we love that. And the thing why I, of course, love the United Way, and I was a business person for years. I was a volunteer and then got actively involved. And when the CEO role opened, I threw my hat in just because I love the organization more because it appeals to my head and my heart because we're focused on measurable outcomes. I can see the results and we're measuring, you know, and we're going to segment by segment what we need to do and what needs to get done. But every day there's a story about Madison that we help or Michael right. that gets a shower and that makes me externally happy. And we can help make that personal for a company. What's your cause? What do you want to focus on? Is it education? Is it around health of children? Is it mm-hmm. around the homelessness issue? What what will resonate with your group? And then we can help make a program that's so meaningful that it'll help them in many, many ways for years to come. One of the things that I learned many years ago that's been really uh, important for me to remember is what we focus on grows. And so, you know, you have continually brought up these positive stories, these people who have been able to find some resources, get what they need, and then, you know, be able to be okay and get to a better point. And I hope that people can remember that there's so many people out there that are helped every year that do have a positive outcome that do end up in a better place and are not costing you know their neighbors money their community money they're not you know committing crimes and doing all these sort of negative things that we can think about because i'm sure there is a population i'm sure there are stories we can talk about that are negative and these and there are people that maybe don't ever figure it out but there's so many great stories of people that are are getting this help 
that are getting off uh, out of that uh, cycle, right, and better and having a better life. And that kind of help we can provide people. And if we focus, I think, on those positive stories, it will maybe translate into a, into a into better outcomes and into a better um, community, right? A- a- absolutely. So if you um, is a glass half full or glass half empty, right? right In right. terms of how we're looking at things, but there are amazing people out there and help. And I always come back to, like, if you didn't have family or something bad happened, everybody's had something happen. Everybody in in listening has had somebody in their life that's been impacted by something negative, whether it's themselves or family member or whatever close, right? They um, got addicted to something. They mm-hmm. They lost uh, their job and got in a downward cycle. They got sick and couldn't pay their bills, whatever it is. And sometimes family can come together, but sometimes family's not there, right? And I always think about it, what if I didn't have family? And and there are people out there, or for whatever reason, their family can help them. We are Orange County. We are one community. We can all come together and help each other. You know, we are... I know we're better than this than sometimes when we have people um, living on the street without help. And together, united, we can make such a difference. So I am encouraged every day by the positive stories, by companies coming forward, by individuals coming forward and saying, hey, I want to help. And the first thing is just being educated on the, the situation. That's why on the particular one in homelessness, it's great. We have a cost study. We have something that's independently right. done by UCI so people can find out some of the debunk some of the myths and find out the truth and then hopefully join us. Oh, it's great fodder for anyone who's worried about, I mean, if you're worried about the cost, if you're worried about the impact on our community, well, spend a little money over here, save a whole lot of money over there. That makes a lot of sense, you know? Um, and so it's great that they're doing that. And it's great that there's so many opportunities. And we sort of talked about the ways that uh, the local corporate community can help. What about individuals? What's, you know, if you're the average person here in Orange County, maybe your company does something else, or maybe they don't do anything, but they as an individual want to volunteer or help, or what What? what, what should they be thinking about doing, and how can they help you most? So I'm going to give you two websites, so everybody, so we have already gone through the United to T-O, and homelessness, okay. and E-N-D, homelessness.org. As an individual, what we'd love for you to do is go on, download the cost study that I've mentioned, just because, again, there's a lot of really good information in there, and then sign a pledge that you want to be part of the solution. Let us know that you want to learn more, and we might need you to maybe go to a local city council meeting. We might need you just to come mm-hmm. lend your voice, right? Normally, I have to say, a lot of times the people that are negative on something go and share their negativity, but we're talking about people that are positive and looking about how we help people. We need those positive people that know that there's a a solution out there that want to be part of it to have that equal voice and to go and just share that they are supportive of what their cities and the county are trying to do, which they all kind of do on this issue. So lend us your voice, um, sign the pledge that you want to help, and there'll be a newsletter that you can learn different opportunities. We have Homelessness 101 classes, so somebody can come and learn all about it, and those are a great way. In fact, I met a woman on a walk I was doing this weekend who's coming to one we're having at our office on December 11th, and she is like, I'm ready to go. I want to help San Clemente. Let me know what I need to do. So education is a great. great start. And then our regular site is unitedwayoc.org. So unitedwayoc.org. And on there, they could, everybody could come and learn the rest of our work. There are opportunities to give. There's a calculator. You can see how your money is utilized, all the money we raise here. Um, if that is something this time of year, it might be something on people's mm-hmm. minds. Um, it all stays here in Orange County. It goes to all the work that we're doing. And you'll also find other ways to get involved there, too. But just the two different sites. But um, there's so much need, and there's so many good people. We'd love more to join. Well, see, so we, uh, we've mentioned all the sites so ho- a few times, so hopefully people are paying attention, wrote it down, or they can go back and listen to the podcast and hit rewind as many times as they need to, but um, hopefully they'll they'll reach out and uh, volunteer, contribute, get their companies involved, uh, and be a part of the solution. Um, and uh, just really appreciate you being uh, on the show, and hopefully we'll have you come back at some point and give us an update on all the great things you guys are doing. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you for letting me be here. All right. Next week, we'll, uh, my guests will include Wayne Tremell, the co-founder of Remote Leadership Institute, and uh, Chi Chow, excuse me, Chu Chow, um, the co-founder of CMO of Perkbox. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today.